Live from New York, from the DigiFruit headquarters, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, uh, get your Fluke Digimeter keyboards plugged in yeah. and ready to rock because it's time for Ask an Engineer. We'll it's talk me. about that soon. It's true. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, on camera control and uh, all sorts of other goodies. We're here at the Adafruit factory here in downtown Manhattan, yep. where the factory is silent right now, but usually it is humming with activity, making, crafting, soldering, videoing, tutorialing, writing, uh, reworking, and more uh, packaging and shipping. It's done here at Adafruit, get you the electronics you love. But for the next 50-ish minutes, we are gonna go through news, videos, tutorials, clear telephones, uh, more clear yeah. telephones, other clear things, and yeah. more. What's on tonight's show? On Mr. tonight's Radiata. show, the code is Digifruit. That was part of our fun April Fool's uh, joke, so I thought I would uh, use it as the code this week. 10% off in the Adafruit store all the way up till 11.59 p.m. tonight. Things that are in stock. Make sure you add the code to your cart, and you also get free stuff. We'll talk about that. Adafruit Live Series shows, talk about that, including Show and Tell, which just wrapped up from the mailbag. Have a special one this week from our community and a special favor we want to ask you all to help us out and others with. Time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. Some retro tech, we got a cool thing we're going to show off. Some help wanted from Jobs Board, jobs.adafruit.com, where you can post your skills. Or if you're looking for someone to make and work with you, uh, make cool things and work with you, you can check out jobs.adafruit.com as well. Main New York City factory footage, we got 3D printing. You know, and Pedro have some cool videos. We got Eye on MPI. We got some new products. We got Top Secret. Answer your questions. We do that over on Discord where we have 33,000 of us. Come by the 24-7 hackerspace that you can bring your granddaughter to. That's what it's been called. All that and more over on our Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, and that's on tonight's show, Ask an Engineer. That's what we're doing tonight. Yay. Okay, so let's first uh, pay some bills, Lady Ada. Digifruit's the code. Yes. 10% um, off, but you also, when you add things to your cart, you get free stuff. That's right. When you order $99 or more, we're gonna give you a free Permaproto half-size breadboard, great for taking your projects. Soldering them on here to make them permanent. 149 or more, we have a range of beautiful STEM IQT boards. You'll get a different one uh, every time you order, as long as you have an account, because we can keep track of which ones you got. You have various sensors and controllers and configurators and adapters and such. Um, $1.99 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. Uh, it's trackable, it's insured, it's UPS ground. All right, and just a bit of a reminder, please make sure you make an account on adafruit.com, verify your email, and put on two-factor authentication because there is a global park shortage. And for the people who want to get things like Raspberry Pi specifically, we're only allowing orders with folks who have verified email accounts and two-factor authentication. The reason we do that is so, um, and you can check out our, our press section and I'll go over that in some of our um, other features tonight with some of the news articles, but uh, basically, you want to make sure that you can get one and the bots can't come in. Um, when you look around on all the websites out there, not Adafruit, but other websites, um, Raspberry Pis go in stock and then someone buys them instantly and then sells them on eBay for like 500% markup. That's what's going on. Sucks. Okay, um, Adafruit live series of shows. We do shows every single week. Uh, we just wrapped up show and tell. Thank you so much, Noah and Pedro, for uh, doing the show and tell. I'm going to watch it as soon as we're uh, off air. 
I know so, you had to put this craft, this show together. Yeah, we had to work on the show. Lots going on this week. Um, and speaking of, on Sunday, we had Desk of Lady Ada. Lady Ada, what did you show on Desk of Lady Ada this week? Sundays at around 8-ish. Okay, so I showed off, um, you know, we had a request to make a Raspberry Pi Pico to Metro adapter so people could use Arduino shields. So I kind of started whipping that up, just showing how I would... Uh, start that kind of design and um, make some decisions about um, you know the alpha version. And then we do the great search where Lady uses her power of engineering to find all the parts you need because it's kind of hard to find parts. So what did you look for this week? Um, this week, what did I look for? Oh, I was looking for um, an e-fuse because somebody had an idea for a product and I was thinking of how to do it. Um, without using a buck boost converter. And I was like, oh, I might be able to use an e-fuse to limit uh, the voltage and current going into this adapter. So uh, I wanted to find one that was stocked. Uh, we also covered these on the great, uh, sorry, on INMPI a couple months ago. So I looked at that one as well, and I found a, another alternative. Uh, both are in stock. Okay. And then uh, every single week we do JP's product pick of the week. Just a little bit of reminder programming that next week JP's off on Tuesday, but he'll be doing JP's workshop on Thursday. But JP's product pick will not be next week. So here is this week's highlight to watch and enjoy. Wait, that's not it. That's just a Metro card. There we go. It is the Metro M4 Express. One of my favorite development boards. What we're talking about here is a really fast chip, lots of memory. So it's based on that Cortex-M4, the AtSamD51 chip. And it has a lot of great peripherals on it. Cases where I really love to reach for the M4. I'm at the start of a project. I'm maybe not even sure what uh, board I'm going to use ultimately. Maybe not even sure what the form factor is. But I just need to work out some of how things are going to be wired. So I'll go with one of these Metro M4s. And then in this case, this was when I started working on that Pip-Boy project. I wanted to plug in the SPI wiring and uh, get this up and running on a board that I can plug things into. I know it's gonna have enough power to do pretty much anything in CircuitPython or in Arduino. The product pick this week is the Metro M4 Express. Okay, and Thursday tomorrow is JP's workshop, and it'll also be going on next week. During JP's workshop, we have CircuitPython Parsec. Take it away, JP, from this week's CircuitPython I wanted to introduce vector I.O. polygons. So this is something that works hand in hand with display I.O. in CircuitPython. It is a 2D lightweight shape drawing library. Last week we checked out circle and rectangle, these implicit primitive objects. This week we're gonna look at the very versatile polygon object. So as you can see here, I have a Feather RP2040 with a TFT Featherwing, and I have three of these polygon objects drawn on here using vector I.O. They actually use just that one command in the library, but I'm giving them different sets of points and different positions and colors so that I get different uh, shapes displayed on the screen. If you look at the code here, what I've got going on, I'm importing vector IO as well as some supporting things like display IO in the Featherwing library. And then I am creating three palettes in this case, and this is gonna be changing, but right now I have three palettes so I can do three different colors. And then I am setting up this list of points for that hexagon. So you can see here I have these pairs of points which are XY coordinates of different vertices or points on the screen which are gonna be used when we then create the polygon object itself. 
Here in this command, I'm creating something called hex one, and that equals vector IO dot polygon. And then in the argument for it, I'm telling it which of the pixel shader palettes to use, which set of points to use, and then an X and Y coordinate for the whole object on screen. You can see here, it's kind of interesting when I do the stars, I'm actually only creating one list of points for this and then I'm reusing it in two different places. So I have all of these different vertices that make up a star and then I'm creating star one and star two objects using vector IO polygon, pick a pixel shader for those, pick the same set of star points for them. And in this case, I'm putting them in two different points on the screen. Then I am appending those to the display and they show up right on screen. And so that is the basics of using the polygon inside of vector IO in CircuitPython. That is your CircuitPython Parsec. Okay, and on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern, we have, sorry, 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern time zones, um, we have Deep Dive with Tim, so check that out. That's one of uh, the long-form shows that we do that kind of shows all the ins and outs of doing things with CircuitPython. So check it out on Friday. Bloop, bloop. Yeah. Okay, let's do some mailbag. This one's going to be a little bit different this week. Mm. Because we have, it's a twofer. Mm. All right, so the first one is, um, we really appreciate when people send us nice emails and we read these to our team. It also lets us know we're doing a good job on, on things. So thank you for that. Um, this came in from a customer. It says, I wish I can attach an image because uh, they had sent this, I think, via a way that they couldn't. However, you'll know what I'm talking about. The quotes at the end of some of the shipping invoices included with my order absolutely make my day. So many things about your company impress me. Well done. You set a great example. Thank you. So. Um, you know, if you go on like the social medias and if you just search Adafruit invoice or Adafruit invoices, you'll see, um, you know, people take a photo at the bottom of their invoice. And this is from adafruit.com slash quotes. And this is uh, quotes that uh, folks send us, our team sends us, and we make sure they're real. You know, this one's from Margaret Fuller. If you have knowledge, let others light their candles at it. This was another one. Uh, the miracle is this. The more we share, the more we have. Leonard Nimoy. People know Leonard Nimoy is Spock. And then um, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, Martin Luther King Day. And uh, that's Martin Luther King Jr. And we have that on our site on Martin Luther King Day. And, um, you know, folks, folks like this. So we have to live up to these quotes and more. So one of the things I'm asking folks this week mm. is um, we got uh, an email from our team. Well, it was actually in our Slack. And our team said, hey, uh, did you see that there is a business statement on anti-LGBTQ state legislation over on the Human Rights Campaign Freedom for All Americans Education Fund? And we took a look at it. And basically, I'm going to go over to the, the um, share here. Um, it's a statement that businesses can sign on to. And... Um, the screen is going to, the text is going to be small on the screen. So I'll just do, they have a pull quote overview. And this is a statement, if you're a business and you sign on to this, this is one of the statements that you're signing on to. We are deeply concerned by the bills being introduced in the state houses across the country that single out LGBTQ individuals, many specifically targeting transgender youth for exclusion or differential treatment. And what you can do is, if you're a company, so right now there's 229 companies, 
signed the business statement opposing anti-LGBTQ state legislation, stating their clear opposition to harmful legislation aimed at restricting the access of LGBTQ people in society. Um, you can contact workplace at hrc.org to join the statement. I put the URL there. So we signed it. Um, I don't know how long it takes for them to add your company name, um, but that's not the reason you sign things to see your company name. You sign it to say the support. Hopefully they'll they'll put our company name on it. But my my request is, if you're at a company and you know sometimes these conversations are difficult. Sometimes uh, the uh, company has has their own politics or whatever. But maybe send a note to your team and say what would it take for us to sign this as a business and uh, see what they say because the more businesses that say hey like you know we're trying to run companies here and be inclusive and, and attract talent and bring people together and have a, a cool safe workplace th these state legislation things are making it really hard to bring everyone together and that's not a good example and businesses yeah. businesses often um, just the way it works now often have to uh, say what they're all about and say what's important so anyhow um, if you could, y'all, uh, check it out and uh, ask the companies that you work for. Um, I'm going to contact them, and I'm going to say, well, there's some, like, maker and electronic companies. I, there's a lot of tech companies. Um, let me go through the, the uh, list real quick. You know, the ones that you kind of expect at this point, and I know it's just, you know, sign in the thing with 23andMe, Accenture, Adobe, Apple, Airbnb, Ally. You know, you could just go Amazon. You could just go through, um, and that's just through the A's. So, um, you know, maybe we'll... We'll see uh, Adafruit on here shortly. But it would be nice to see all the, the electronic companies that, that we all use and shop at sign on to this as well. So I'm going to send that off. And uh, that was our, our little corner of the, the world that we have, our little platform. And we wanted to help get the word out. So uh, thank you to our team for um, letting us know about it so we can sign on it. All right. OK, next up, let's go to time travel. All right, time travel. So working on Adabox, if you don't want to wait for it, that's okay. We don't charge until we ship. We're still, uh, so it is still cold in New York, so it's still kind of winterish here, but we, we're still going to try to get Adabox out in the next, you know, 30, 60 days. We're still waiting on lots of things. Global supply chains are um, grinded to a halt for the most part. Yeah, when you shut down a city of 28 million in China, uh, there's stuff that gets delayed, but um, you know we're we're doing our best, and we will we will uh, keep everybody updated on box yeah. status. And if you want to cancel, that's okay. Come back later. However, we have about three or four hundred people waiting for folks to drop off. So um, just know if you cancel a subscription, you might have to wait to get back on. Yeah. Okay. Other time travel news. It is. National Robotics Week Ooh. 2022, check out our blog posts, check out the um, social media things that we're doing. Uh, lots of folks are posting up their robotics projects with Adafruit parts, not a requirement, but thanks, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll be celebrating Robotics Week all this week, and that's Adabot. Um, more time travel, so on, um, you know, I played this video uh, in the beginning of the show, and. Uh, we, we wanted to do an April Fool's thing, but we didn't want to trick anyone. We wanted it to be very clear. Obviously, um, this is a logo of the combination of DigiKey and Adafruit, DigiFruit. Um, could do AdaKey, but uh, DigiFruit sounds better. And we combined the logos, and we were thinking, what type of thing can you do that is not mean to someone? It's not trying to trick people so they're angry, 
Um, a lot of the April Fool's jokes aren't that it's funny. Not cranky. Yeah. I think, what, I think we're too tired for pranks and, right now. And what can you do that just like every, that people are like, oh, you know, that's kind of fun. Oh, and like and getting other people to, to play along. And, um, you know, basically you just have to spend more time thinking about what a, what a joke can be in this modern era. Because um, you, you don't want humor on this day to separate people. You want it to bring people together. So what we thought was, hey, you know what's kind of neat is a long time ago, Fluke actually made a, a, a keyboard for industrial equipment. Yeah. So we started with that idea and we said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Fluke made a multimeter keyboard? And uh, this is one of our uh, designs. We, we pretended like we were going to build this thing. It has the, the Fluke yellow around uh, the, the outside of it. And it has a, a built-in um, multimeter. And a lot of people have a multimeter on their desk, and we put the little you know thing at the bottom available at Digifruit. We talked to DigiKey before we did this, and then what was cool is the folks at Fluke were like, "Hey, this is really neat." Um, we also launched Game Software Day, perfect to pair with this keyboard. So they had a, a, a they had their own prank that showed that you could play video games on uh, Flukes. And then we put this on social media. People really liked it. They said, "Oh, I want to actually buy this thing." It's a very, it's a very handsome um, keyboard. Folks were jumping in. They're like, "Is there going to be a Sparkfun branded one?" Literally, all of us want this now. And then um, folks were like, "Oh, Digifruit, that's that's really funny." And we had a whole series of logos that we did. We we approached this as, you know, like, what what would it be like in this other universe where these two companies merged as one, kind of like the uh, the other side of the the fly when you get out of the two transporters. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and then uh, you know, someone commented. They said, "Look, I know that it's fake, but Digifruit is a future, and it's cool. We do a lot of stuff with uh, DigiKey, so uh, folks, folks like that." And then um, our friend Dana, who does uh, these really cool, um, you know, reimagining the future or the past. Um, this is like a, a next uh, console. It's a 50 megahertz 6803 with Motorola DSP, 2.88. Megabyte floppy came with. It's like an Apple IIc yeah. crossed with a NAS. And the history behind this is the reason why we got this uh, shout out here. Thanks to Adafruit for allowing me guardianship over this beautiful example. Is uh, we had sent Dana some Next uh, hardware, so this is really cool to see. So it was neat because it's more like skateboarding, um, where people are saying, "Oh, that's a neat idea. Here's my neat idea. Oh, here's a cool product that I would like to see one day." And who knows? Like um, I, I think after I get a little bit of time, I might email. Um, Fluke and say, hey, is this something that you would consider doing? Or who knows, maybe yeah. it'll come out one day. Yeah. So that's our, that was our April Fool's thing. And uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, supporting it and uh, sharing it around. And uh, I think that maybe uh, that'll be our themes for each year is like, what's a cool idea of something that we kind of want to see that kind of makes sense almost, but it's very clear that we're not trying to trick people. Um, and everyone gets to play along. OK. Um, we have some Adafruit IO news. Uh, this is kind of a big milestone. Um, Adafruit I.O. hit da, 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 1 billion data records. Now, the interesting thing about this is the data for the free accounts rolls over every 30 days. We cleared mm. it out. So this is a lot. There's a lot of people using it. Last week, we had um, an educator's uh, email to us and their website where they said they looked at all of the IoT services and they said Adafruit had everything they need for their students. Had a free tier, had all the stuff, uh, had good documentation, good examples. and um, that's a pretty big milestone. So if you haven't checked it out yet, Adafruit.io, um, free tier uh, for everyone. We have an IoT bill of rights. Uh, we do, I think, the best job with IoT. And then if you want to support us, you can always get a plus account as well. OK, retro hardware time. Time to look at things in the past. OK, so this week, I just put these up today. This is kind of neat. This is a 1980. Clear telephone. Even the cable's clear. 
And this particular um, telephone, it they were making these without the the you know the touch tone buttons. Um, yeah. And then they, they, one? The, well, they were making these without the touch tone buttons earlier. Like the model, it's the uh, Western Electric, like one thousand. And this is the 2500. So the 2500 has the touch tone. And this is a pretty rare, clear one. Um, not a lot of details on it other than it's ours now. Uh, but it's from 1980. Look at all that through hole. Yeah, uh, 1980. And it's a, it's a rare example of uh, kind of a different aesthetic. And uh, I'm going to go. It seems really early for 80s because it's got this 90s feel to it. But it's, uh, it's 80s. Yeah. You want to go grab it? Yeah, put it, on, put it okay. under the overhead. I'll put it under the overhead. Yeah, so here we go. So we have a whole bunch of clear things that we're taking photos of. But we like this idea because it, it shows electronics. And it lets you see that there's more than just an outside plastic shell. Um, you know, like all of our phones now, all of our computers. I like oh. how there's a little piece of foam here to keep it f the wire from rattling. Yeah. Bells, bottom, loud, you can damper, a lot of wiring. A lot of the electronics is actually on the, uh, the back of the number paddle. It's actually kind of tough to see. And then the number bed piece came off because we removed it. And uh, you can press the buttons. And then this is the wiring, and you can see all the spade wiring to the transformer, the high voltage stuff. You can see how this works with a relay. It's kind of cool. All right. I think I've shown it off. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah. Okay, and so, um, you know, someone pointed out, uh, Wait, maybe this is where Apple got some of their ideas when they were doing the, yeah. doing the stuff. And they made their clear IMAX. I think it's not clicking. Okay. okay. We'll figure it out later. Next up, let's do some help wanted. Jobs.adafruit.com. That's where you can post a job if you're a company, you're yes. looking for cool folks. Or if you're a maker and you have skills, you can post those up too. So this week we have two jobs. The first one is lead hacker at Hack Club. Check that out. It's a, a pretty important position. You would be in charge of their Hack Club. Um, I think they do remote, but they uh, have some details. I think they're, they, they'd like it to be in person. And then this one is a PlayStation 4. PlayStation 5 custom controller mod from Happy Cat Productions. And this is, um, they want uh, help with how they're going to change a controller to work with another type of system. And they have a bunch of documentation. Um, they have the specs, the details, and more. So check that out. Uh, really cool job that someone, if you're interested in modding controllers, there could be a job for you. Okay, it is Python on hardware time. I got a few things going on. Um, highlights of the week this week, we've got, um, well, we've got the full newsletter, and the newsletter is bursting with hardware and software projects, Python news from around the world. We have a lot of stuff going on, so what I try to do each week is um, pick out something uh, or a few things that, uh, if you don't have time to read the whole newsletter, you can listen to this video or you can watch it and you can kind of see what's going on. So this week, um, we have a circuit Python update. Um, major things, I guess, um, Lamar, we just merged in the MicroPython 1.18 changes. 
Yeah, um, there's there's two versions. We have a beta and uh, 1.3, uh, sorry, 7.3 beta. Um, yeah, we merged in 1.18. We're doing a little bit of USB host support. Uh, since Scott's out, there's not going to be as much uh, development, but we're doing a lot of bug fixes. Uh, yeah. So check out 724, which has bug fixes in it. And then I saw this was kind of cool. Um, this was um, a person who made documentation for their Joypad and Lumos ring with CircuitPython, and they made documentation look not so boring. And it's this app um, that you, you type in stuff, but it makes it look like more hand-drawn. Mm. And uh, I was trying it out real quick, and I'm just like, oh, this is really neat. It has like a oh, sketch that's a thing. nice little diamond. Yeah, so it's called uh, Excalidraw. Yeah, so so check it out, and it's in the newsletter. And like these are the type of tips and tricks and things that we also put in there. Like if you wanted to have a flowchart on how the code works, or if you're using um, Circuit Python for ed education, which a lot of people are, um, and if you're doing your documentation, you know you don't have to use like very boring, um, static-looking art or graphics. You can mm. you can do something that looks um, you know. A little bit more interesting. I so. love the look of like a hand sketch. So. Yeah, and I, I like what this the, the person who was working on this they said. It says it may look a little bit gimmicky, but they like how it softens the otherwise clinical looking content. It's true. It's like yeah, you know, we only have a few minutes to inspire someone to to want to code or do something. So anything you can do. Um, and thanks for the folks who posted in the chat. It's kind of cool. Um, and then next up, this one has been uh, making the rounds. This is <laughs> Circuit Python Linux, sort of. Uh, yeah. On a Pico. So um, this is a, here it is, and uh, it boots up. It's uh, Linuxy, and uh, the GitHub repo is available. And one of the things I like about it is uh, on the the text on the repo, it says, "Important note: Do not take this project seriously. This is not a real Linux distribution." It's a kind of fakey, fakey thing. But, yeah. But that's what when Linus posted about Linux, it's like this is not a real Unix distribution. Like this is just a joke. Well, like, that's what's why it's Linux. Yeah. <laughs> And so if you want, you can go to GitHub and check this out. It's bill 88 slash L-J-L-I-N-U-X, Linux. 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 Linux? Yeah. And then um, another one, I thought this was neat. This was over on um, Instructables. And for me, I'm starting to see, like, projects in the past that would be kind of hard to do, or maybe they would use something It's like, okay, like, here's 50,000 steps to do just one simple thing. Um, I'm seeing tons of CircuitPython projects on Instructables. So if you wanted to make a Mac, uh, Infinity MacroPad um, like this, uh, there's a full Instructable available now. And then the last bit of uh, Python news this week is over on our press section, we're, we're keeping track of this um, because the Raspberry Pi shortage is in the news a lot. And uh, we're mentioned. So uh, production and supply chain updates. This was over on raspberrypi.com. And Eben, the founder, has an update about what's going on and more. And here's a quote um, from him directly. These backlogs of board variety of Pi units is fast or is faster, faster than we can produce them. With the result of that little of production volume ends up being immediately available on reseller websites. Where units do appear, bots often attempt to uh, buy up the stock, which then could be resold at higher prices elsewhere. Many approved resellers. Oh, wow. This is. Uh, Your computer's like, time to update. Yeah, the computer's <laughs> like, well, I want to update now. Uh, many pre-resellers have been implementing single unit limits to combat this with Adafruit and others going further and enforcing two-factor authentication. We're encouraging other approved resellers to go this route. So that's what our reminder is again. There's a lot of people who are doing Python on hardware specifically with Raspberry Pi. So please, please, please make an account on Adafruit. Verify the account. Do two-factor authentication. 
And if you want to go to our press section, adafruit.com slash press, and we're keeping track of all the different news stories and the websites that have Raspberry Pi availability. Um, we're also mentioned in a lot of these on some of the things we're doing. So um, that is the Python on hardware news this week. Thank you, Blinka. Okay, open source hardware. Mm, that's us. We yeah, have, I'm gonna sit up, it's my time. Yeah, so. Open up my diaphragm. We diaphram. have 2,653 guides, Lady Ada. Yes, I'll tell you all about them. Um, Click on the thingy. Okay, so starting with the bottom right, we have um, a guide for the ESP32 S2 Feather. We've updated it, Katni um, has been adding more pages. Um, we've also got an uh, updated guide for the ESP32 Feather V2. Um, it's a new Feather that just came out. It's like our ESP32 Huzzah, but uh, more better and than ever. Uh, and I think we added the Arduino instructions. Um, to add Arduino support, you're going to have to update, like the install like the latest latest, um, but uh, we show how to do that in the guide page. Uh, JP's guide this week was pretty cool. He worked with Toddbot. Um, this was a request. Toddbot had a great collection and like a gist of um, all sorts of tips and tricks for using CircuitPython, just like a, just a you know, cheat sheet collection of uh, random, random tips and, and code snippets that uh, Toddbot uses a lot. Um, JP and Toddbot work together to get them all into a learn guide format. People are loving it. It's um, a great guide. Uh, Liz Clark did a really fun project. I said, hey, why don't you do some sort of pure data project with um, the ESP32-S2 uh, Pi and the new touchscreen controller. Uh, and she rocked it out by making this like super chunky, like Pip-Boy style controller um, with a, a touchscreen adapter. And um, you know, wherever the XY coordinates that you're pressing, it sends data to pure data wirelessly over Wi-Fi. Um, so I thought it was a really nice example of kind of an advanced wireless music controller. Okay. Next chunk of guides. I know, we had a lot of guides. Um, we had an update to the ADXL345 digital accelerometer guide. I think Liz did this update. It's now been stemic UTFI'd. Uh, Matt D came by. Um, he was on Show and Tell a week or two ago and uh, came by with the Pi Glass V2, now with the Pi Zero uh, 2W. Uh, and so this guide shows all the updates. Um, you know, we have some outside folks who write guides once in a while. The style's gonna be a little bit different, but if you wanna build a kind of complicated project, I thought there's a lot of really good gems. Liz also wrote uh, the guide for the TSC 2007 I2C resistive touchscreen controller. Um, so that's a stomach key board we put in. And then Noah and Pedro uh, built a MIDI foot pedal, like a from scratch foot pedal if you don't want to take it one off the shelf and modify it. You can 3D print one completely, add a potentiometer and a QD Pi board to make uh, like a mini controller or any other kind of controller that can be adapted with CircuitPython. Okay. And uh, we wanted to do a little video um, that uh, Liz made. Yes. Of the... Uh, yeah, if you, if you like pure data or you like weird music, yeah, gonna uh, you're gonna love this minute.
and main New York City factory footage. And it wouldn't be Main York City factory footage without the latest time lapse from the Disney building across the street. Now taking up the entire screen, but you see like a little guy there. Hey. Yeah. Screwing stuff in. That's uh, that's how you can tell the scale of the building. That's Disney. All right, three D printing. We're gonna play these back to back. First, we have the MIDI foot pedal from Noah Pedro, and then we have this cool speed up for the mini hot plate that everyone it seems to like. <laughs> Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're making a MIDI foot pedal with CircuitPython. You can DIY this MIDI controller and 3D print parts to build your own foot pedal. A foot pedal can add an extra layer of expression to your musical performance. This has about 22 degrees of rotation, which gives you a wide range of expression. It features a single potentiometer that can be assigned to just about any MIDI CC. Powered by the Adafruit Cutie Pie RP2040, this tiny dev board is perfect for both simple and advanced MIDI controllers. CircuitPython has a MIDI library that makes it easy to develop your own MIDI controllers. In the code, values from the potentiometer are mapped to a range of MIDI CC values. With this serial monitor and plotter, you can see the values from the potentiometer and set the minimum and maximum values to fit the range of control change. In your music software, you can assign the foot pedal to control any number of MIDI CCs. In this demo, I have it mapped to a wah-wah pedal for a guitar synth. Get the parts to build your own and check out the tutorial on the Adafruit Learning System. Links are in the description. If you're looking for more, the MIDI for Makers Learn Guide is an awesome resource filled with project ideas, demo code, and wiring diagrams. So what type of MIDI projects would you like to make? You can let us know on Adafruit's Discord and the weekly show and tell. Thanks for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.
And don't forget, every single Wednesday, 3D Hangouts with Noah and Pedro. This is where you can learn to make all this stuff and more. Okay, later. I think it's time to do some Ion MPI. Ready? That's right. Ion MPI. All right, this week's Ion MPI is brought to you by Borns. That's the product we're doing. And DigiKey, of course, because that's where we're going to show you where to get this. Lady Ada, what is the new product of the week this week? Okay, so this Iron week's Iron MPI is from Borns, and they have an awesome logo, as you can see. Just love that little, like, twist on the R. It's like bangs. Um, we actually uh, featured Borns like a month, a month and a half ago for their uh, dual concentric uh, rotary encoder. Um, so, but it's, you know, sometimes you get lucky, you come up like a month or two later. Um, so this week we're showing off, oh, the Borns, hold on, let me get the exact part number. Well, this is the MF-LSM F200 uh, slash 24X SMD PP PPTC fuse. Uh, basically it's um, these really high powered uh, polymetric uh, PTCs, which are positive temperature coefficient fuses. Um, I love this rendering. Um, they do even kind of look like that. There's kind of cool gold and black color. And they're basically high voltage, high current fuses uh, that are resettable so you can use them in your design. Um, even if you're using a lot of current, like for big LED or motor, motor type projects, uh, there's ones um, in this fuse series, I think that go above uh, 35 volts and six amps. So it's quite a lot for a PTC fuse. Um, so these come in a family. This is the, the, the whole series is called the MF. LSM-MF series, um, the PTC uh, resettable fuses. And you can see here, it's just the top of the chart. The chart's quite long. Um, all of them um, have uh, really good testing, really good quality. Borns has been making fuses and PTC fuses for a while. Uh, they're all, um, you know, they're not tiny, but they're low profile and they're easy to pick in place um, with a big range of VMAX, which is the voltage to expect. Uh, I hold, which is the current that you can pass through safely um, at a given temperature, and I trip, which is usually about twice or ish, you know, one and a half, one, twice as much as I hold. And that's when um, the fuse will trip. And by trip, I mean it will open up um, and disconnect both sides. So normally it's closed, current goes through, current goes above a certain amount that could integrate a short or some sort of failure inside. Um, it opens up and protects the circuitry from damage. Um, this is from a really great video that we'll show a clip of uh, later from uh, DigiKey. They did a, a really great video about NTC and PTC thermistors. Um, and so they actually showed that there's two kinds of thermistors, the solicitor. Now, I actually never heard of the solicitor, um, not a solicitor, which is a kind of like a British lawyer, I think, but a, a solicitor. Um, and solicitors, you see, are, are PTCs, but they have like a, a steady uh, rise up, and, and those are tends to be used for um, you know measuring temperature because there's you see a very linear um, relationship between temperature and resistance, and so if you know the resistance, you can easily calculate the temperature. Whereas the switching type PTC, which is the kind used in fuses, um, you can see it actually I didn't know this the resistance actually drops a little bit uh, with temperature until it hits TC, which is the Curie temp. When it hits TC, the resistance, you can see it spikes up really high, um, and that basically opens up the circuit. So it's this nice graphic, again, from DigiKey Shows. Uh, low resistance when temperature is cold, high resistance when temperature is warm. Um, and what's neat is as it 
cools down, it can go back to low temperature, low resistance. This is unlike um, most fuses. Um, got this pick from uh, Flickr. Um, the uh, credit's going to be in the text because it got cut off. Um, but you see here the, um, the fuse, uh, when it blows, normally like a wire fuse, it doesn't reheal. Uh, it's blown once, like you have to replace it, and usually there's like a easily replaceable fuse, you can pop it out, it's not soldered onto the board. Um, but with these, um, uh, you know, they, they heal themselves, they're self-healing, um, because as the, as the current, you know, the, the short goes away, the, the circuit is open, the PTC will slowly uh, cool down, um, and then uh, it'll reclose again, basically retrying later. I do want to mention, uh, Borns does have some um, one-time fuses that are circuit uh, mountable, like P uh, surface mountable. Um, so just watch out. These are like, I think they're called like one, one shots or something. Um, but uh, these, are, these are the PTC ones I'm talking about. And you may be familiar because we have these on a lot of our boards. Um, these are uh, some green generic ones that we have on our Metro. Uh, we use them to protect the USB port. Um, so this is like a five volt, 500 milliamp or one amp fuse. And that's why you, you know, for a lot of modern electronics, if they suddenly stop working, sometimes if you unplug it and wait a few minutes and plug it back in, it will work because you give a chance for that PTC to uh, cool down again, which is great. Uh, so um, one thing to think about is, okay, you know, as, as more current's flowing through, the temperature goes up and then it pops open. Um, it does mean that the trip and hold temperature will vary with the ambient operating temperature. So something to keep in mind, if you're, you know, if this is inside a machine or robot that's very hot because um, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, heat emanating from a motor or a motor driver, um, just be aware you will have to derate. So you might have to pick, you know, you don't, you don't want the heat to add to the, to, you know, you add that to the TC temperature carry and now, you know, um, you're tripping a lot earlier than expected. So you might, if you normally would want a two amp fuse, maybe a three amp because you're derating by um, 50%. So just keep that in mind when you're, especially if you're doing robotics or LEDs where the power supply or temperature, um, there's self heating from the circuitry itself. Um, so Digi has like thousands and thousands in stock, which is great because I always love to do an INPI where you can get the thing. Um, so go to DigiKey. I just picked the first one, which I think is this a 24 volts. Uh, for amp one and I can quickly show it on the overhead so people have a sh idea of the size and we can show the video Boom, okay, so let me, let me Get so close So this is just a uh, strip of three so you see they come on cut tape and let me just Carefully peel away and uh, yeah, you can see um, it's kind of got a ceramic-y outside. It's got this really cool like lines on the inside, big gold pads for lots of current uh, transfer, um, but otherwise a, uh, a great looking and uh, you know, for the amount of current that this passes, amount of voltage, uh, not too big. So, you know, usually PTCs were, were known for like, oh, you know, maybe an amp or so at the most, but now you can do, um, you know, up to six amps easily with these surface mountable fuses. All right, let's uh, play the video. PTC or positive temperature coefficient thermistors are made of materials that increase resistance in response to a rise in temperature, while a decrease in temperature decreases their resistance. 
These are typically placed in series with a circuit as inline resettable fuses to protect against overcurrent situations. Here, when the overcurrent situation occurs, the temperature rapidly spikes, causing the thermistor's resistance to increase as well, reducing the current that is allowed through. There are two varieties of PTC thermistors. The first is a silicon-based thermistor called a silister, which has temperature characteristics that follow a linear temperature curve with resistance gradually rising as the temperature rises. These are not very common, but do exist. The second is a switching type. These behave like an NTC thermistor until they cross a temperature barrier called the Curie point, or Curie temperature. The Curie temperature is a defined temperature trip point at which certain materials lose their permanent magnetic properties, which in short affects the device by creating barriers when it reaches the Curie temperature to allow the resistance to increase rapidly. And that's week. That's that's, <laughs> that's, this that, that's this week's item. Yeah. Thank you, DigiKey, for yeah. sponsoring the segment, and of course. Uh, okay, let's go on. We'll get to some new products. We'll do the top secret, just questions and more. So uh, don't forget the code is Digifruit. Ten percent off the native fruit store, all the way up to eleven fifty nine. PM. All right, Lady Ada, let's uh, kick it off with some new products. New, 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 new. All right, okay. Lots of news First this week. Up, yeah. All right, we've got from Sony Spresence and Fam Framos the uh, Sony Spresence LTE add on board. So if you have the Sony Spresence. Um, Breakout, this is a board that adds like a bunch of stuff. It's not just LTE, although you do get a SIM card, by the way, so you can quit quickly going with your MBIOT uh, cell phone data projects, but it's also got like headphone out, it's got the micro USB connector, GPIO output, micro SD slot, and a bunch of other things. I don't remember the exact list. Check the product page for all the details, but it's basically a breakout, plus it's got this cool uh, Sony LTE module on the back. It's the silver thing in the middle, it's so small. Uh, it's got a built-in antenna, which is kind of handy. You can see that big-ass antenna. Oh, can you go back on one? And then uh, you can see um, the micro, US, uh, micro SD and micro USB port in the top left, and then um, headphone speaker on the bottom left. And then uh, in the mid-right, next to the coin, is the uh, SIM slot. So, And it comes with a SIM. Uh, I think it's a universal SIM uh, from TruePhone. Um, you will have to, of course, uh, pay for usage, but uh, a lot of MBIOT SIMs are pretty cheap. Um, because you're not using SMS messaging. So uh, check it out. You're, you know, get a couple megabytes maybe, um, and then sign up um, to activate the TruePhone. Sim. Next up. Uh, next up, this is coming soon. Uh, this is the Lixi Chroma. So we're, we're still getting, um, we're just going to contact them because there's a little bit of a confusion about uh, whether you get one or two boards per pack. Um, I believe you get two boards per pack. Um, so one board has two digits. Uh, it's basically a NeoPixel array of two seven by five characters, and they've got a library you can use to, um, you know, display text and like little animations and stuff. Uh, one thing I will note, uh, the library does not work with anything other than the ESP32, 8266, um, or TNC3. I do want to verify with them that because it seems like it's based on fast LED, 
Um, that's just something to watch out for. So if you want to pick one of these up and you're using like a SAMD21 or an Arduino Uno, um, it's not going to work at this time. Uh, so we'll, hopefully they can get that fixed, but this is coming soon. Um, it is a really nice way of adding chainable uh, digits for uh, fast messaging um, with you know, one pin because it's all uh, WS2812 based. Okay, next up. Technically two products, but we're going to do them kind yeah. of at the same time. This, okay, so this is the Pyonora from Diodes Delight, uh, Timon, who's been uh, working on this project for a while, and I'm so excited to see it came out. This is for use with the compute module from Raspberry Pi, which is unfortunately a little tough to get, but maybe you already have them. Uh, and also there, you know, there are some coming into the market. So this is an, a board that kind of turns the uh, compute module for into an Arduino Uno. Um, so the compute module uh, plugs in into those like Hero-C-ish connectors. I think they're Hero-C. Uh, and it gives you, um, so hold here. Uh, yeah, stop here. Uh, on the right, you see a micro SD slot and I think there's a button on GPIO pin 26. Um, the pins are aligned out for the analog pins. It looks like there's an MCP 3008 um, analog input to SPI converter. Uh, there's power pins and then there's a bunch of uh, digital pins brought out. Um, because of the layout, there's no SPI pins, so just be aware that uh, if you are using a shield or something, you want to use an Arduino shield with SPI, just make sure it uh, is expecting the SPI pins not on the 2x3 header, but on like the Arduino Uno side of the header. Um, on the bottom, sorry, on the top left, there is uh, a STEMIQT slash quick connector, so you can quickly add um, I2C devices um, from SparkFun or Adafruit or others. There is a switch for whether you want to use USB host or device. I think that's a good GPIO pin on the compute module, a USB-C connector for that. Um, do note if it's USB host, obviously it's not PD, so I think, it just, I think it'll just provide five volts flat. Uh, there is another USB connection uh, for USB device. Uh, a NeoPixel on pin 12 and HDMI connection, uh, and then also a boot button. So if you want to load firmware onto the internal MMC, um, and I think the micro SD slot I'm assuming can be also loaded with firmware. And then on the bottom, thank you for you being so go. patient. I know there's so many things. On the bottom, the light version doesn't have anything. So the you see the bottom, there's like nothing. Yeah, let's check both. We stock both, and if we have the picture of the bottom, yeah, of the Pro, there's a camera connector, uh, there's an M2.5 adapter, so you can have like a SATA type thing, whatever, like M2.5, something you can get like disk drives and things, and also um, there's a separate uh, switchable power supply as well, though I don't have the details memorized on that power supply, so yeah, do look it up, but basically, you get the camera port and the M2.5, um, which, you know, you can read about how to uh, integrate M2.5 devices. Okay. Um, because it's similar to the compute module I.O. board, and then you also have those um, SMT nuts to mechanically attach various M.25 uh, cards. All right, next up. Oh, so much. Yeah, uh, I know, I know, but I wanted, to, I wanted to give it a good time. Okay, this is the, uh, shoot, I can't remember the name. I think it's the Pi port or the Pi Zero port. Um, yeah, why don't you look here? Sorry, this was there's was a lot of devices. This is the, the sorry zero, the zero dock. The zero dock. Zero dock. Um, so this is a, a cool product that I saw, um, and it has um, a little spot on the left for your Pi Zero, and we just bolted one on. 
It comes with the little solderless breadboard. It does not come with the Pi Zero, but once you've bolted everything in, there's all these like fun slots that you can like store things in and then you can wire up um, circuitry as well. So I'll show this on the overhead because it's a little confusing, yeah, I think. Yeah, has these. It, yeah, it's house. plastic pieces and it comes with a breadboard. Yeah. Okay, okay. so it's got um, header here. Uh, you know, the, the Pi Zero is mounted. You can still access the micro um, USB and the HDMI port and the SD port and the camera port. So it's kind of above the plastic. And then this is just like, hi, I want to like store my like adapters and like whatever bits and cards. I kind of like the card holders actually, because that's really handy because I'm often swapping out. Um, like, you know, I have a Pi OS Lite and maybe like in, you know, um, media player. And then, um, you know, you have a little breadboard and you can just wire up like a button or uh, LEDs or whatever, just a little bit of space. Uh, I'll just note, it doesn't come with all these fun accessories or buttons and LEDs or the Pi Zero. It's just the plastic piece and the breadboard, but still very handy. Okay. And then next up, uh, we, well, this is kind of a star of the show almost um, because we have a lot more coming. And uh, it's beautiful and it's from a friend of ours and it's, uh, I think, one of the first like artisanal LED products. Uh, this is one of many, by the way. And uh, if y'all are in the maker world, you might remember Mark DeVink. Uh, I worked with Mark at Make Magazine. And Mark now has his own uh, USA-made uh, artisanal LED line. Yeah. So these are molded onto, I think, either a 3 millimeter or 1.8 millimeter LED. Um, this is the first of many. It comes as a five-pack. So they're hand molded um, and it kind of got this kind of like cool crystal look, which could easily be used for like science or um, magic or um, like, you know, like ethereal elf projects. Like it's actually like this crystal shape is kind yeah. of like multi-useful. And, for and this is part of a whole collection. So we just got these in today. Different feels. So we got, yes, we only got to photo one before we ran out of time. So I thought I'd just show it on the overhead. It's a little tough for the overhead to, to focus in on it. But it, the whole thing does glow uh, quite nicely. Um, it is a little brighter in the, in the front, but the whole thing has um, like a neat crystalline look. It's only single color. Here I'm just holding it with a coin cell battery. And then this is what it looks like off. Um, so even though it's molded on top of an LED, you can't see, like it's really hard to see that there was something in the middle. It looks just like a, it looks just like a, a fully solidly molded, um, LED diffuser, and uh, I like this shape. And there's a couple other shapes coming, um, but uh, to start, we've got this uh, this nifty yellow stalagmite. I don't know what what you would call these. Yeah, just crystalline. stalactite, stalagmite. Yeah, oh, yeah, just a crystal element. Uh, and more to come. So you get a pack of five with each order. Yay! Okay. Okay. All right. Next, next up, uh, the stars show. Besides you, lady, at our customers, our community, all the folks here at Adafruit, the staff, and anybody watching is. Do, 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 do. This is the ESP32 S3 Feather. So, this is actually very similar to the S2 Feather that recently came out. So, I'm going to go through all of the details here. So, the ESP32 S3 is a. Um, New chipset from Espressif. It's kind of the latest one. And like the S2, it has native USB, which means it actually works with CircuitPython. It can act as a disk drive. We've got Teeny USB library. Um, they use Teeny USB 
for support, so it can act um, like a keyboard or a mouse. Uh, it's got a built-in ROM bootloader, um, which is really handy, so you don't need a USB serial converter or any special chips. Um, it works with the ESP tool. And um, it kind of brings the power of the ESP32 to the ESP32. It's like the power of ESP32 plus the USB of ESP32 S2 equals ESP32 S3 because it's got dual core, again, uh, which people missed. It's got 524K of SRAM compared to like the 384K um, that was on the S2. So it's got like 200-ish more K of RAM, which is great, um, just built in so it's, it's, you can buffer a lot more faster. And um, it's got BLE back in it. So it's got Wi-Fi and BLE. Um, and the module itself is like almost completely pin compatible with the S2. It's like a tiny bit different, but we designed our, our, our Feather layout um, to work with either. And so this one just has different silk screen to indicate the S3. Um, but otherwise, it's a lot like our S2 Feather. Um, right now, there is not a version of the module with PS RAM. So we're just kicking it off with a version that has 8 mega flash, no PS RAM. But it does have that extra, like, it has the 500K of SRAM built in. And so we found that CircuitPython actually worked quite well with it. You can't buffer, like, huge files. But you can do a lot of basic Wi-Fi stuff. And, you know, the inclusion of BLE is super great. And then the dual core is awesome too. Um, Arduino support just got merged in uh, to, um, I think the pre-release and I think the release is coming soon. So it's quite new um, as of this video, but uh, a lot of people are gonna be using it. So I'm assuming it's gonna get better and better. Uh, there's Arduino support, like I said, CircuitPython support. It's like alpha, but uh, you can use it. And um, you, you want a more powerful ESP32. I think this is, you know, what's going to really replace the classic ESP32 because it's got everything, you know, pretty much everything the original does um, with the native USB as well. And, um, the, you know, the processes have improved. Um, so it's actually cheaper to buy um, this chipset than the, um, the original ESP32. Um, other stuff on the board, actually, I can go to this one real quick. I'll just uh, pop through it. Um, you've got uh, a reset button that can get into the bootloader. Uh, there's a built-in... Uh, Lie poly charging as you'd expect for a feather. There is uh, a boot button that can be used to force into the bootloader. Uh, you can also use it as a GPIO input, I'm pretty sure. Um, there is an LC709203 uh, Lie poly um, monitor. So instead of using a resistor divider, we actually have an I2C chip that can monitor the battery for you and tell you the percentage and voltage of the battery. And there's a STEMIQT port in the middle with a separate um, 3.3 volts load dropout regulator. Um, so you can go into really low power mode with this board and it can go down to like, I think 50 to 70 microamps. And then you know, the I2C port, you can turn that off as well. So you know, sometimes I2C devices don't go into low power mode. So this gives you like an extra switch. Uh, there's also a little uh, NeoPixel as well. We've also got, um, there is a ROM bootloader. We also have a teeny USB, a separate secondary bootloader that shows up as a disk drive for people who like the teeny UF2 bootloader. Okay. Asking products. Okay. So don't forget the code is Digifruit. 10% off an Adafruit store. We're going to do uh, some questions. You can start lining them up in our Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. You can also, of course, always in best place, forums.adafruit.com, especially for the 
longer questions where we're going to need photos and some back and forth with our engineers and more to help you get any help you need with your products. But let's uh, do some top secret first. Ready? Yeah. Let's look in that vault. Yeah. All right. So, Lady Ada, the top secrets this week. Uh, why don't you talk about the first two? Uh, I just, uh, you know, I found this random ass UV uh, sensor. Um, I can't remember the name of that company, like Jenna, Jenna UV or something. Uh, and they have an A and an AB UV light sensor. I thought that would be kind of interesting because I'm always looking for UV light sensors. A lot of them get discontinued. And then uh, this ENS 160 uh, quad MOX gas sensor, I thought was kind of interesting too. Um, MOX gas sensors, you know, it's always kind of interesting. Um, different companies have different takes on them. Uh, the technology, the, the theory behind them is kind of the same with all of them, but they have a little tweaks. So this is a breakout for the ENS 160. Um, yeah. They do have an Arduino driver, which is kind of nice. So I can check it out. It's I2C. And then uh, we have a little video that we shot. Really, Data, what is this? This is a miniature, like, model train um, or, like, model city or architectural model um, stoplight. And I thought this was a really adorable uh, little device that maybe engineers could use. Um, I've got it wired up to uh, an Arduino Metro Mini. And the wires are really thin, so I just kind of got them stuck in here. But uh, it's good enough to test. Uh, the black wire goes to plus 5 volts, and then uh, you just connect red, yellow, and green to digital I.O. And then I've got a little bit of Arduino code just to test it out. But I just thought this was so cute. I mean, like maybe people making electronic dollhouses um, or something uh, can use this uh, cute little model. A necklace. A necklace, maybe? Uh, yeah, like stop red. Yes. Uh, <laughs> green, go. And I also got this interesting kind of like test clip, which is uh, 0.1 inch spacing, and you just clip it on. Uh, very handy, maybe for debugging or programming. Then we have a little short video, the latest uh, PyLeap update that we're working on right now. Trevor put together a quick video, gonna show that, and then we're gonna show some LED cubes, and then we're gonna do some questions. Hello, this is Trevor, and I'm here to show you our new PyLeap update. This time around, we'll be showing you the PyLeap update with the Skip Playground Bluefruit. Let's get started. First, we're gonna select the project. We're going to connect to the to our uh, Bluefruit device. We enter pairing mode. And we should be connecting now. Awesome. So now let's transfer some rainbows over to our second playground Bluefruit. And just like that, we have rainbows. Let's try that for our Blink uh, project. Awesome. Let's try a project that's a bit larger to put together. Doesn't take too long. And there it is. Awesome. And is it working? Yes, it is. Awesome. Well, there you go. That's our new PyLeap update. We'll check in with you soon. See ya. Okay, then uh, these are some videos of an upcoming project. You've probably seen some of this on Ryan Pedro's show, 3D Hangouts, but uh, we got a lot of cube projects. And this is part of a, another larger cube project. 
I think this is before they figured out how to get the camera to not sink, desync, and then they figured out how to get it to uh, to sync nicely. Yeah. Well, you know, I think most folks understand that. Yeah. When you have a, you'd be surprised. I'm gonna have to say it every time. Yeah. Now we're trying to orient ourselves. Yeah. I kind of like that it's a little Minecraft. It's like the test images of Minecraft Cube. Yeah. There's something hilarious about that. And then here's a pretty cool. This is starting to get this like matrixy. Yeah. yeah, this is a test demo. Um, it's not smart, but we're going to make it smart. Yeah. And that's the top secret of the week. Okay. I'm going to jump right into questions. Well, let's get some of these questions. Yes. Okay. So I keep leaning back. All right. Hello. We're doing these over on Discord. So first uh, question, you sell an ESP32 dual antenna in the store. Any plans to make a board? Uh, fortunately, it appears bigger than the Feather. Um, the dual antenna ESP32, don't have a plans to make a board with it, um, but I believe it's pin compatible. So you could theoretically take our ESP32 Huzzah and either remove the module from it with hot air, or you can just download the boards that files that we you know, published and, and make your own and just solder the, the PCB on there and it should work. Okay, where do you see the Maker Hacker community and products five to 10 years from now? What things will you stay, will stay the same? What things might change? Well, it's a fun thing to think about because you can look back 10 years ago and things were a lot more expensive. They were bigger. You have to solder things yourself. And then uh, if you imagine that still going forward, things will be easier, lower cost. Mm. Um, everything will have a screen. Everything will have battery, probably scripting languages, you know, Python, Python-like things. And um, I think it'll just be easier. And then the other piece is how you use it. It'll probably uh, be programmed from your mobile device. I mean, that's already happening now. So yeah, that's just some quick ones. But what do you think? Yeah, hopefully this the silicon shortage is over by then. Yeah. I, can't, I actually can't think beyond that. Yeah. Uh, I'm very yeah. So I don't know. I really don't know. I couldn't have predicted that. So I don't know how good these predictions are. Or how useful they are. Okay. Um, question, you sell a SPI flash SD card chip format. Any plans to put it on an ESP32 or S2? No, I think you would just use an analog or feather wing. I think those chips are cute, but I don't think a lot of people would pay to have it on a board. Um, you know, you know, most people really do like a micro SD slot instead. Okay, the ESP32 S2, um, is it BLE or Wi-Fi or is it possible to use both at the same time? As a bridge, for example. I don't know. Um, you only have to ask Espressif because all that stuff is controlled underneath in the firmware. Um, so uh, your best bet is to check the Espressif documentation or open up an issue in their forums. Okay. Um, we shared a snapshot of the ENS S160 VOC sensor breakout. Um, while building the prototypes, would you solder this one in by hand? If so, how would you verify there is no solder bridges underneath the sensor? I asked because there are nine pads uh, in the grid pattern. There are nine pads, but the center pad's ground, and so is an outer pad, so it's not like, it's not that bad. Um, yeah, I would, I would use uh, solder paste, and I would just use our little hot air plate or hot air station, and you just make two of them, and usually one of them works out. It's not, it's not as bad as you think to okay. just make a prototype. Uh, I was flashing the SP32 C3 dev kit O2 with the latest CP, but on the download, it page refers to this other one. Then the uh, wording in the title description refers to the other one. After 
Writing the bin file, nothing happens if I get the right bin file. I, I really I really don't know what <laughs> you're referring to, so you you should open up an issue in Circuit yeah. Python or on the forums and uh, yeah, maybe a typo, this, maybe there's a link wrong. I, I don't This know. has a bunch of uh, letters and this, acronyms. This is this very will, detailed. This will be hard to do. Yeah. Um, but we'll be able to help you out. I'm not, I'm, I can't see the computer. Put the specifics. I'm just in front of the yeah. camera right now. Um, anyone know if the BLE support for Circuit Python is being worked on yet? Uh, they just joined. That was for the product that we showed. The S3, no, it's, it does not. I don't even know if it works in Arduino, to be honest. Mike. Okay. Um, oh, cool. Mark's going to uh, New York City for a few days. Uh, first vacation in two years. What's your suggestion for a less known place to visit? So some folks said, you get the High Line. Um, there's a Ukrainian restaurant. Um, there is a gigantic fan uh, Star Wars experience thing going on that's just like that's always fun. memorabilia. Um, I would say check out, there's a website called Secret NYC that has um, whatever's going on this particular weekend. There's a lot of art stuff. Definitely um, go down to the Bowery area and check out the galleries. It's fun on to the see the gallery. Uh, you know, gallery yeah. shopping is 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 fun because yeah. it's free. You just walk in and then you can just go to the eateries yeah. in the Lower East Side. Lower East Side is is pretty cool still. Yeah, hit St. Marks. If you're in downtown. Yeah, hit St. Marks and one place on St. Marks I would suggest to go to is Barcade. You don't have to drink. There's this arcade. It's an, it is it's, fun. It's, it's an arcade. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of fun. And kind of a, a neat row of uh, all sorts of different international restaurants and more. Yeah. Um, lots of uh, great Japanese food. Lots as well. of great food. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Naomi Wu is testing UV bulbs for germicidal uses. Would that new UV sensor work to verify UV wavelength? Uh, no, because that's UVC. And most people are not exposed to UVC, so a lot of sensors aren't UVC. Um, the sensors I talked about are UVA or UVB, which is like what the sun gives off. Yeah. Um, one of the other things, um, when I was talking about how the next five to 10 years with mobile phones, one of the things that we're seeing now too is, um, and someone mentioned in the chat, a lot of no-code solutions and things like Copilot, mm. um, where you're using natural language to say what you want to do. That'll probably help people code quite a bit. Um, today, uh, OpenAI released this really uh, interesting preview of how AI is making art, and it's really taking natural language and then making art in a very specific, good way. And if you look at some of the things with Copilot, so you can imagine it, uh, any person saying, I would like to get the weather on the screen, and I would like it to be displayed in this way, and the code will help along like you'll always want to do more later but that seems definitely within the next five ten years yeah um you'll be able to do more uh block based for sure but probably natural language coding um next question i've been having a lot of trouble uploading code to the feather s2 with arduino i need to burn a new bootloader over the pre-installed uf21 do you want um so the feather s2 isn't actually made by us um we we make a separate feather called the feather esp32 s2 uh, so you should contact Unexpected Maker, and they'll give you tech support. A lot of people mix them up, but if it's the Feather S2, we don't make it. Okay. So I don't know actually what's up. Question, what kind of touchscreen that could work outside, like resistant to rain and stuff? Um, either resistive or capacitive. The problem is, is it's very, 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 very hard to make electronics that's resistant to rain and stuff. Um, being outside is extraordinarily damaging to electronics and enclosures. So um, if it has to last more than a couple days... Um, you really need to work with someone who's done that kind of stuff before um, because weatherproofing electronics is, is just really, really, really hard. Okay. Oh, uh, Timon's here. Thanks for the exhaustive coverage of the Pinoral. 
tuned in a bit late. Well, you missed the party. Welcome, welcome, uh, and congrats on the product launch. Yay! Hi. Let's show it again. It's here. It's here. And we have uh, the Pro. We have the other one. We got both in the That's store. That's right. All right. All right, you can ask Tim on all your questions for things I don't know because I literally just looked at it today for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that might be it. Oh, do you know the pitch of the... Um, LEDs for the cubes? Um, we're doing 2 and 2.5. So try and keep it small, but um, we have a, a curb cut design. Okay. Um, is hot glue enough to protect wires from water in a plant for a plant sensor? Not at all. It'll no. come right off. You need to use uh, marine epoxy, which will take five days to dry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, folks really like the new products this week. Thanks so much. And then... Uh, let me just bounce over to this other one. I need a replacement adapter for an Atari C240. Does Lady to have a re recommendation for three wire 16 VAC adapters? Oh, like a center tap transformer? Yeah, that sucks. Um, if you're advanced, you could probably just get a center tap transformer from DigiKey and, and just carefully wire it up to a suicide cable. Uh, and that'll give you 16 volt AC center tap, but um, you can't really buy transformers based power supplies anymore um, because they are very bad for the environment. These a lot of uh, current, but you, you could build one. Um, don't follow this advice if you're under 18 or you're, you're not <laughs> sure how to solder a suicide cable to a transformer safely. All right, and I'm gonna tell uh, uh, for places. Um, Mark, on your visit, uh, drop me an email. Um, I'll make some other suggestions that yeah. I'm thinking of. We've also kind of been in one spot for two years, but we walk around uh, New York. Uh, if you get a I chance, a little island. Way. That's always fun. Little island's a new it's park so that just opened up. It's, it's a little trendy, but it's still it's worth it. Yeah, well, you know, one of the great things about uh, living in New York is you get to go to all the tourist things, and it's still it's cool, it's fun. Yeah. Um, Central Park is always a good thing to visit as well. Anyways. Um, any plans to use a mag uh, to update the MagTag to use S3 or C3 in the future? It never uses C3 because the C3 has almost no pins. Um, it might, I might update it to the S3. I, I don't know how much benefit it would have though, since you, you know the Wi-Fi works very well, and on the S2, I don't, I, you know, I don't feel like we need BLE for it at the time, so it's not a rush. Yeah. And last question, have you checked out any of the quantum computing platforms? I've actually asked Lady about that. There's nothing that we can kind of get our hands on. There's the practical applications they want to know about for the Google Circ or the Quizic frameworks. I, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's the, tech, the technology is getting worked on and how it'll be used, the practical applications, is the, um, the unknown. Yeah. So that's the piece where it's like, oh, is this the it's the solution looking for the problem yeah. type thing. So it's just hard to, you know, if you've seen how these work and everything, it's like, well, I don't have that much liquid nitrogen hanging around to run one of these things. Yeah. Okay. That is our show for tonight, everyone. I want to thank all of you out there. Digifruit is the code. Um, special thanks to Jesse May, who's running things behind the scenes today in our Slack channel. Uh, special thanks to everyone at um, the Slack channel. Mm. And uh, sorry, and the Discord channel. And um, we'll see everybody next week. Full week of shows and more. We want to thank you for all of your help and support. We're really tired. We're going to go to sleep now and then we're going to okay. rinse and repeat. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see everybody next week. This has been an Adafruit production. Goodbye, bye bye. everybody. Bye bye.
That was your moment of Zener.